Mad Hopper episode nine. What's happening, people? How are you? Two weeks in a row. We're uh, we got a streak we, going here. Yes, we are. We are. We are good students of the podcasting. <laughs> Uh, and and we're, we're, we're not going to be um, casting the next two weeks, so yeah. we've got to take advantage, right? Yeah, we had to double up. We got to <laughs> or, or double up weeks in a row. <laughs> now, uh, we, we are going on our own trips. I'm going to go on a little bit of a, a beer excursion yep. to, to do research. Yes, research. For the podcast. Yes, this is work-related trip. Completely. It's a write-off. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're back and we are tasting some beers this week. What are we tasting this week, Brent? Tonight we are dedicating our show to Relic Brewery in Plainsville, Connecticut. Plain, I believe it's Plainville. Plain, oh, sorry. Singular Plainville. Plain, Plainville, not Plains. There's only one plane up in Plainville. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we thought we would dedicate uh, tonight's show. I think we did a teaser at the end of last week's show. Um, talking about um, uh, getting our hands on some relic, which we have. Um, so we have pretty I think, easily. Four. Yes, pretty easily. It's a very, very underrated uh, shelf beer. I yep. think is, is a fair. They are they are extremely uh, prolific in their canning and their styles. Uh, they seem to be heavy in the IPA and so, the double. Okay, so f- funny you said that. Um, if you go on to Beer Advocate. Uh, and you check it out, I would say of the 130 um, ranked beers there, which I get aren't all of the beer that they have, right? This is it's just probably people... Beer Advocate or Untapped? Um, beer Advocate. Okay. This is on Beer Advocate. Okay, okay. And they have um, around 130, I think, ranked beers on there. Of those, I think half of them are IPAs, uh, and uh, a quarter of them, so half of the IPAs are actually double IPAs. Yeah. So very heavy on the double. So it was funny... When I went to the store to, uh, to to look for a few relics, you know, one thing we like to do here on the show is talk about beer that's readily accessible. Because listen, you can go to the tap room, uh, you can find those unicorn beers, but like, what's you know, if what's going to be there? Yeah, when you go, no matter what. What can we talk about that someone yeah. can go into the store tomorrow and pick up and give a try? So, um, walked into the local store. I said, "Hey, what relics do you have?" Walked into the back, and um, sure enough, I think three of the four or, or four of the five beers that we're going to drink tonight are actually double IPAs. So, uh, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a fun night. <laughs> yeah, relic has been around. I I don't. I, I will look it 2011. up. 2011. So 2011. 2011. They've been around for quite a while in the beer world, I feel like. Yes. Um, but it's only in the last, I'd say, two years that they got heavy with the canning and popping one beer out after another. Yeah. Uh, for the longest time, you would just see, you know, the Huntress or a couple random bottled six packs of Relic. They didn't really ever get... They had a beer to guard that they put out in yep. the wintertime or, or, I'm sorry, it was a... It was a, a beer de Noel, and it was like this Oktoberfest winter kind of style oh, it was a beer. Mix. It was a very seasonal beer that you'd yeah. see. You'd see right around the same time of year when you like November, December, when the beginnings of the winter beers are making their making their mark on the shelves. But in the last year and a half, two years, it was like you went into the store and it was okay. This week they have a beer called Leaf Storm. Next week they have a beer called the Correspondent, and then they have the Mage, and then they have. You know, the funeral song. It's just one after another keeps yeah. popping up there. And they are definitely much more in the uh, India Pale Ale market, whether that be double or single. At least that's what I'm seeing on the shelves. Yep. Uh, and I think that that is just simply 
you know, uh, following the the market trend. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got to keep up with the big players. Yeah. So um, before we launch into a little history, because I did some research uh, prior to this podcast, which uh, you know we've definitely been lacking, <laughs> but I did some research. So uh, I'll tell a little bit of story about the founder uh, and, and that. But before we get into that, let's talk about what we're drinking. So Drew, why don't you uh, why don't you tell the people what we're drinking? We are starting off with a. Uh, a Double IPA by them. It goes by the name of Birth of Liquid Desire. Um, Sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm 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 liking it. It's, yeah, it's super smooth. It's, it's very smooth. Yeah, uh, deceivingly at eight percent, you would have you you would you could have fooled me. There's no way I would have thought this was no. an eight percent. It's got a little bit of the sweetness on the backside once you pay attention to it, which definitely is indicative of a higher alcohol beer. Yep. Um, but it's not, uh, it's not a smack you in the face, uh, strong double IPA by any stretch of the nope, imagination. No, nope, by no means. Uh, I'm liking it. It's uh, it's beautiful, and it's, so it's funny. You you mentioned eight percent brewed and canned by Thomas Hooker. So we're gonna go into that story around how um, Relic Con- ended up teaming brewing. teaming up with uh, with Hooker to uh, do some of their brewing and their canning. Um, but I agree with you. This is a very, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind when I, when I, when I took the first sip was cloudy, fluffy, right? It's kind of airy. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Also very distinct from what we were drinking last week with Kent Falls, right? Which has that kind of funk. Yeah, this it's got has that grip of, to it. It's got nothing. It's like of that, floating in your mouth. Yeah, that back, the back end nothing on the back. smooth. It's smooth. It's smooth in the back end. I'm getting a lot of... Uh, not necessarily citrus out of this, but more of the the softer fruits, like the mangoey, papayi, yeah, like those that that family. I don't yep. want to say it tastes like guava or papaya, but no. But if you were to imagine that tropical side of the fruit flavoring, that's what I'm getting. From this, this is a very very solid double yeah. IPA. I mean, if you're into kind of the New England style IPAs, <laughs> and what's interesting too, this doesn't come in a tall boy, right? This is the 12 ounce can. I think this is a great size to drink a double IPA on a weeknight, right? Completely agree. It's like if you uh, if you were out in the yard putting together a basketball hoop and um, you were Who just, hasn't done that? Yeah, right? I mean, you're ready to blow your minds out trying to put this together. And then you come inside, right? You got to go to work tomorrow, yeah. right? Um, but you want to have a nice relaxing beer. Having a 12-ounce birth of liquid desire double IPA. This is perfect. Yeah. This is perfect. I think it's that you, you bring up a funny point and I've had this discussion with my brother-in-law who I who I credit with getting me into beer in the yep. first place. I've talked to him I've talked about him before on the podcast. Uh and he will he, I remember I got him some G-Bot. Yep. He's up in Massachusetts. Yep. Can't get G-Bot up there. Maybe you can now, but at the time you couldn't. And uh, I got him the four pack of G-Bot and he was like, "Ah, oh, they're not tall boys." <laughs> and I was like, no, they're not. And uh, and he said to me, he goes, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Like if I'm if I'm trying to be good and it's the work week and I only want to have one beer and not you know not for anything other than waking up feeling good and ready to go versus being a little groggy. Yep. He's like, I want my one beer to be a 16 ouncer. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I want to get the most out of it. But I, I on the flip side of that, I I've come to appreciate yeah the 12 ounce higher alcohol yes. beer. Yes. Yes. Um, it's still delicious, and if it's in a tall boy, I'd still buy it. Yeah. But I, I think I'm more thankful after the fact when I'm like, this was a great beer. 
but it was an eight percent grape. Yeah, it's like <laughs> and it's know, a Tuesday. Yeah, right. It's a Tuesday. It's a Wednesday night. You want to have a good beer. You go into the fridge. You're looking at Tall Boy Double. You're like, you know, I'm gonna pass on that for now. But having it in the twelve ounce can is really nice. So great beer. This is a great start to relic. This is my first relic. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. Kind of, you know, the reason we wanted to bring this up in the show is we think this is an undiscovered uh, beer, and that's what we're trying to bring you is the undiscovered, um, just great beers that you can find uh, right here in Connecticut. Yeah, I think I think to to expand that a little bit more, I think I think that that relic isn't necessarily in that undiscovered. I think that it's just maybe a little ignored. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, because it's very hard not to see a relic in the store these days. That's true. It's very hard. So it's not like people don't know it's there, but you know, I feel like a lot of IPA drinkers, yep. and I will I will I will corner those drinkers in particular. Uh, as opposed to just craft beer drinkers, are very, um, they're like an only child. They're very set in their ways, and if they find a beer they like, unless they hear about a new beer from somebody they trust, they're afraid to kind of step out of that box and try something new. Yeah. Because, you know, what if I buy a four-pack and it sucks? Right. Then then it's like, ah, you know. And I feel like Relic, you know, one one of the things about putting out so many beers one after another and always having a new beer out is to that person they might be like oh you know i don't know I mean, does that mean that you know some of them are better than others right. and they get in their head about it right uh so i think it's i think it's more ignored or uh treaded lightly because they they are more concerned about yeah oh well they have sip or oh they have you know dogs and boats yeah and, you know they have beard and i see a lot of people talking about that on facebook a lot so of people I'm talking like, about beard and there's a beard putting out relic a lot is of not, stuff relic is not a beer that no. people are like yo did you get the new relic right no. and, and and when you drink them yeah it's you know to me i'm like why yeah why aren't they talking about it? it's good beer it's great it's so it's phenomenal it's, it's definitely phenomenal. one of those beers that uh i you know and for selfish reasons, I'm okay if it stays like that because I know I like it. Yeah, and, I and you get access good, to it. And I can get it whenever <laughs> I want. So. Um, so, all right, let's go into a little bit of the history. So Mark Siegman uh, was the founder. I think we mentioned 2011. Actually started – so, you know, obviously I wasn't on the craft brew scene here in Connecticut in 2011. Um, it obviously was just beginning. Right, I think there was. Some, it really was. Some, I was still drinking Colorado IPAs. There you in go. I was drinking Bud Light. Yeah, I uh, was drinking a lot of Boulder Brewing mm-hmm. and stuff from out there. But go so ahead. funny because he was out west in Colorado and Wyoming, um, moved back to Connecticut, and he was like, "Where are all the local breweries?" Because I guess out there at that time they had a lot of craft breweries, and you could walk to the local brewery. And he came here, and it just wasn't it wasn't the yeah, scene yet. And, it, and, it, and it's a whole it's a way of life. Yeah. Like, like you start, you see that in Vermont now, where these farms, yeah. very much like Kent, which we were talking last week, yeah, they're very mom and pop, and it's 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 like that Cheers slogan, where it's like everybody knows your name, and you know you go down to these places, and you're not going to a bar, you're going to see people you know and buy the beer that you like, and right. it's, it's a whole thing. It's not right. just. God, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, so Mark Seaman came back here. He was like, hey, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, he was actually a computer programmer. So go ahead and, and uh, you know think about that. Computer programmer uh, turns um, kind of beer enthusiast and then brewer and founder. So he was like, I really, I really like this. He, he wasn't ready to quit his job and open the brewery. So what he did was he was like, he started doing it part-time. So 
actually took a loan from his 401k to start kind of a micro nano brewery. Um, I would not recommend that, uh, you know, taking, uh, as, taking a loan as, to start a business. all of our financial advisors. Yes, here. exactly. Uh, but he did it. It obviously worked out well for him. Uh, and he started doing kind of small batches, I think something like three barrels uh, per, you know, batch that he was doing or whatever it was. And it was part time. He wanted to keep his job, um, you know, at the same time to, to see where this goes. But uh, got it started. And his big thing was small batch craft brews, right? And their website still says that, right? They were going to do a small batch. They knew that the market that he was going to go after wasn't to compete with the big boys, right? How do we put out the dogfish and the Sam Adams, et cetera? He was like, we're going to do small. And it was funny because... It's create the demand with very little surplus. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and no very surplus. quickly, uh, you know, kind of the craft brew nerds out there... Like the cult of, yes, of beer. Began to, uh, began to come out, and that's kind of how they got their start. So really interesting that they were really fascinated you know, at the beginning of this, and um, they, they really wanted to have a small batch craft brew. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that has changed over time and the history of where they've gone, but uh, I thought that was a cool story and a cool way to start. There's, there's a lot of, it's funny, there's a lot of breweries that are even bigger name breweries now that, that in the brewery or at the tasting room they will do, uh, you know, another name for that small batch is like the experimental. Yeah. Uh, Aspetuck Brew Lab. Yes. Perfect example. Yes. They, they, they don't can anything. They don't bottle anything. It's all brewery Which only. I believe when Relic started, it was a lot of bottles, right? It, it was a lot well, of brewery and bottles. Well, yeah, and they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't put out a lot of bottles on the, you know, on the retail side. Right. So you could go down there from what I know and what I've heard and drink a lot of their different beers there. Right. But it's not until recently where you started seeing these all be available to the masses without coming out, you know, or going going down to the tasting room itself. Yeah. So that was really kind of the, the market that he wanted to uh, to attack. So it's been it's been really interesting to and to think that they were one of the first. And now, so I read a stat today. So interesting. So Connecticut has one of the highest per capita craft beer drinkers. It's around 30% uh, in Connecticut, and the national average is something like 18%. Um, so there's a ton of craft beer enthusiasts right here in Connecticut. And now to think about the explosion, there are over 90 active craft breweries in Connecticut, and there are tons that are uh, poised to be opening up over the next several years. Yeah, so. it's, you know, that whole that's a whole different podcast in and of itself because... You know, it makes you wonder where where the breweries are, are almost getting to the point where they're they're operating more like restaurants. Yeah. Like, okay, so which ones are gonna be around in ten years? Yeah. You know, you can't you can you can look at the list of breweries in the state of Connecticut and it changes monthly. Yeah. I mean it's that quick. Yeah. Um they're popping up everywhere, which which it it leads me to, to either think that you have people that are trying to ride this wave and it might be a little bit too late. Yeah. Unless they're putting out something, something that's, that's just, amazing. But but at what point, you know, again, this could be a whole other podcast. At what point is that, you know, there's only one Tiger Woods, right? Right. Like, when's the next time? Are we going to see another guy like him in our lifetime? Yeah. Maybe not. But the impact that, that Hetty Topper made when it first hit market. Right. Like... There have been a lot of great beers. There still are a lot of great beers, some arguably better than Henny Topper, but that beer, that trademark, that logo, yeah. like that changed the game. Yeah. And it, so 
So unless you have that, is there going to be a point where this wave crashes? Crashes. And the bigger boys are going to be hanging around, but but these startup breweries are going to kind of peter out a little. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, we're going to try, we're going to jump into our next beer. This is actually called the Flower Thief. So it's a fruity and floral double Indian pale ale. It's a double IPA. Uh, again, in a 12-ounce can, 8% ABV. So we'll go ahead and give this a crack. Funny, they do have a lot of floral themes running through uh, the names of their beer. Not sure what that's about. Leaf Storm obviously being kind of one of their big ones. There were a few other ones that uh, I noticed just kind of perusing their list had floral themes. Mm -hmm. So uh, interesting. We'll give this one a try. It's got really, a nice... Really nice looking. Yep. Got they that all cloudy... Have this, this haziness. Yep. Not a ton on the nose, right? There's not a ton of... Maybe a little dank on the nose. Definitely. You see, this is definitely more of a resiny. There's much more pine in that. Yeah, that's... Um, that's, that's more of a double. It tastes much more of a double. Than, yep, that's what you're expecting yeah. rather than the... Uh, than how smooth. The birth of a liquid desire. <clears throat> Kind of yeah. your traditional. Um, so this one uh, didn't have a ton of... I, I think this one is, you know, one of their beers doesn't get a lot of looks, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, but it's um, definitely one that's higher up on their, their uh, rating scale, at least according to, uh, to Beer Advocate. Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, I, I, I really like... Uh, just to, to step aside from taste, because the people here, I'm sure the ones that uh, have had this that are listening will, will get this, but their labeling is great. Yeah. It's very unique. Um, it's, it's, it's odd, but... <laughs> so, so funny that you say that because uh, I went into the store, I'm looking for Relic, and I'm like, you're looking for something that looks the same, right? Like, you're looking for a group, you know, you pick up one, you pick up a Nod Hill beer, and you look at the labeling, and you could pretty easily identify several other nods. Yeah, they have nod. one artist. And it they looks very similar. And there is a uniformity to all of them. Relic has none of it. None of it. <laughs> well, like, the first can we had looks like a tie-dye paint yeah, swirl. Yeah, kind of like a swirl thing. And this, this looks is like, like a, a bridesmaid's hand. Yeah, and some of the other beer is totally different, yeah. right? Or you look at like a pipes, pipes, pipe works, right? It kind of all has that similar look and feel. Several other beers, you know, you can you Well, can the cartoonish, the yeah. cartoonish aspect right? of Right, you can kind of yes, like right. pick them out and you're like oh that's a pipe works you know um even beard. lawson's even lawson's they have yeah so your sip of sunshine's got that that specific font yep and that yellow and then that maple nipple has their it. space between and their maple nipple again yep. all all different colors but same yep. font and like whatever the treehouse yeah. treehouse got a very similar look uh relic has none of that yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, you have to really pay attention if you're looking for the it's, relics. It's, it's weird because it almost is, once you start paying attention to relics, you can almost pick out the relic can because it looks like it doesn't belong. Yeah, it's like, That's yeah, the thing this about is, relic, sticks out like a sore thumb. Which, which in a sense is like if you know you're, you're, you're looking for relic and you yeah. drink it regularly, you're like, oh, what are they going to come up with next kind yes. of thing? But yes. aside from the little relic brewing, you're like, who's Flower Thief? Right. They, you know, it's, it's definitely... Uh, they, they, they have attention getters as far as the can goes. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, so you know, let's touch on because you know I think we were preparing for the show. We were talking about well, what are some of the pop popular relic beers that people are talking about right now? Um, you know, we kind of threw out there. I think Leaf Storm. Leaf Storm, I think, is the one, one I see the most. Yep. 
Um, that one's definitely hit the scene. Uh, I, I got I, I picked up some Leaf Storm right off the bat. I, I will say Leaf Storm, the correspondent, is one I've had that I really, really like. Okay. Um, those are the two that I that, that come to mind right off the bat. Yep. Um, they have tons. And, and the thing is, is just when you think you've seen them, you get to the store and there's another one. Yeah. They, they are constantly... So I think that was their big thing. Uh, you know, reading a little bit about Mark's approach to, to brewing and what he wanted to do with the company, it was, listen, we're not going to... In fact, they've stated this multiple times that they don't really have a flagship beer. Their idea is to constantly put out new, adventurous beers that people want to taste. And I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. That becomes a, a, a blessing and a curse, right? Because like you get to, to taste new beers. You can really hit on some great ones. But if there's one that you really like that doesn't come back around, you know, yeah. it's tough, it keeps right? You gotta, yeah, it that's one of sucks. my That's one of my big things with, I mean, not to bring them up, but I, I feel like they're our hometown brewery. So yeah. I have to talk about them yep. regularly. But Nod Hill released a double a while back. Um, I'm going to look Manus? it up right now. Nope. They lo- they Arva? Jam Buster. Jam Buster. And uh, I, I have talked to Dave, the guy who runs the joint, who yep. owns it, and asked when it's coming back. Oh, and he, yes. He will, he will make little, little, little hints that, you know... It's coming here or there. It was like a 4.5 rated out of 5 beer. It yep. was a 6.10 straight single IPA. Yep. Uh, heavy in the galaxy hops and, yep. and the fruit punch type of hops. And and it kills me because I missed it. You I loved missed it, it the yeah. first time. I've, I've tried a sip of it. God, I just, I want it again. So to your point, it's it's very true that if you're constantly putting out beers, if you don't have... You know, those regular rotations, you're creating the demand, but you could also be pissing the people off that yeah. want to come back for that beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I think as Mark progressed, he was putting out beers and people were becoming attracted. He noticed he had to do this. And that's part of the reason they created this partnership with Thomas Hooker uh, to be able what, to produce what, larger. So uh, are they quantities. using Thomas Hooker as a basically like a satellite brewer? Yeah, it's basically just using their equipment. Right? So it's like it's like what Two Roads does with Lawson's. Correct. So Lawson's gives them getting the access, recipe, getting gets the them canning, up and running, and then yeah. And they contract are, brewing is what they like yep, to call it. Contract brewing. And it's funny because you can even tell, I was reading a little bit of an interview with Mark Siegman, the founder. And he was talking about how he struggled with that, right? Because really, really, if you think about the company was built on this idea of small batch, craft brew, kind of, you know. Now you're big enough where you Now you're to. big enough where it's kind of like you had to make those decisions of which. But I think he feels like he kept his independence by not he himself building out a bigger brewery, but allowing to, you know, just make more of what he's kind of doing in a small scale. So, um, you know, I've never been to the brewery. This would be a great trip for us to get out to, but supposedly it's just a really small place. Now, Can't wonder, fit that many people. I wonder if you can, now, if you were to go to Thomas Hooker, mm-hmm. could you drink? I doubt it. Like- if you went to Two Roads, you couldn't drink uh, Lawson, right? True. So um, that's my guess yeah, is they, no, they keep their exclusivity. Sense. You know, some of the beer um, from Relic that people have been talking about locally has been uh, Violet Ray was one that came up. Um, Cocoon, Found Objects, Double IPA. Uh, Fortnite was another one Fortnite um, that I've people had. have been talking about. How, yeah, do you remember? Did it stand I, out? I, I will, I'll say this. 
there has never been a relic beer that I've been like, oh my gosh, I have to go back and get it. Okay. But every relic beer I've ever had has been really good. Has been like, I would pick this up again. Yeah. You know, like I, I I'm all about tasting different stuff, continually Same. tasting different yeah, of stuff. Course. Um, and I mean, I guess. I have an allegiance to certain beers or certain breweries, but but I it's a very soft allegiance. Sure. You know, um, I have some fallbacks that I go to, and I think I'm more, I have more allegiance to fallback safe beers that I know are going to be good every time, and Relic is in that. Do I yeah. have a specific Relic? No. Not necessarily. Because I haven't really had a bad experience with any Relics. Yeah. So I know it's going to be a pretty sure thing if I pick it up. It's funny with beer because it's like books, <clears throat> right? It's like you can you can read a great book and it's like, would you like to read it again? Yes. There are so many books out there to read, though, that you'll never be able to read them in your lifetime. So you kind of want to spend your time reading other books. I look at that with, like, beer. So many great beers to taste and to explore that while you have great beers that you want to go back to, um, there's just so much opportunity to explore. Well, yeah, I mean, books, restaurants, yeah. styles. Of, I mean, you can apply that to a there's lot so many of different things, things. right? Um, experiences, whatever you want to, you want to call it. Um, but it's totally the truth that, you know, our parents' demographic of beer drinkers had much stronger allegiances to beer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's it's funny if you talk to somebody that's a, you know, your in-laws, your parents, you know, my in-laws, like, they had a beer that was right. like, well, if I'm going to go buy beer, that's what I'm going to buy. That's what I'm buying. It's like, well, what about this? Like, no, 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 I like this. Yeah. And it was like, that was it. It was, yeah. it was very much blinders up. My household was a Miller household. Yeah. You'd see a Miller High Life here and there. There was always Miller Light in the house. Yeah. I don't think I saw Bud Light or Budweiser in my household ever. Yeah, there was an allegiance to the brand. Yeah. Yeah. There was much more of a... Much more of a a loyalty. Yeah. A brand loyalty. And that doesn't exist anymore. But it's also that the surroundings, as far as beer go, to the beer drinking fans right now, are so ever-changing. Yeah. That you'd be an idiot if you were like, no, all I'm drinking is relic. That's yeah. it. Like, I mean, you're, you're no. closing yourself off yeah. to so many other potential really good beers. There are so many opportunities Whereas to drink up there. Before the craft beer market existed, you know, it was like a Coke Pepsi market. Right. You know, it was like yeah. Miller Light or Bud Light. Right. It was like, are they drastically different? Not really. Yeah. You know, who's got better commercials? It was. It was much more of a Reebok, Nike. Right. <laughs> Both great sneakers. You right. Know? Um, so that, that doesn't exist today. So it's funny. I think consumers in general are looking for, and this is something in my MBA, you know, I did, you know, four or five years ago, they're talking about mass customization, Like We all want something that's tailored to us. Right. And it's not, it's not just, do I like Pepsi or do I like Coke? It's like, do I like Pepsi with a hint of cherry that's diet and caffeine free? Right? It's like the whole mass customization. The details. Someone said something like Starbucks has like an, over a thousand options of ways in which you can order a coffee. Right? So think about all the different types of sweeteners you can put in. All the different types of creams you can put or, in. Yeah, all the different types of All the options. When you think about all of those, it potential comes like a combinations. The potential yeah. combinations are like over a thousand. That's mass customization. And our parents, you know, drank Miller Bud, right? Whereas now we can drink and a they went Nod to Hill Donuts and then, and then we, coffee, right? Or coffee with cream, and that was that it. Was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we have you can go to Nod Hill and drink a hibiscus flavored 
beer, right? I mean, it's just like the 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 tailored kind of approach of these companies is is awesome. But I think it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's also what the market demands. Right. I mean, so it's it, consumers you know, want, it's right? What consumers want. It's what consumers, if they don't get, will just go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Exactly. Find somewhere else. So it's it's uh it's a uh, an adapt, and overcome or, or be die. left behind. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's essentially the 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 strategy, and I wonder to what extent you know the accessibility, the ability to be able to start these breweries has helped that, right? Um, you know, it's easier to to acquire the equipment. Um, it's easier to order the ingredients and to kind of kick this off and get started. It's probably easier to distribute. That was another thing um, that Mark talked about was distribution. In the beginning, he tried to handle all the distribution. And that's a whole other side of the business that we can get into. But like, once you're making the beer, how do you get it out to the places that can sell if you're, the beer? Yeah, if you don't want to drive it around to right. all of God's creation yourself. Right. Yeah. And that's a whole fascinating thing. I would love to have one of these founders or entrepreneurs that uh, has started a brewery onto the show and just interview them about that because that's a whole you know experience of starting and, and getting that off the ground. Yeah, and and the the thing that comes with that too is, and I don't know the intricate details of it, but you know there's regulations and rules that apply if you are creating a certain amount of beer per year to use distribution. And I imagine that's state by state. Right. But, you know, I know for the longest time, you know, the Craft Brewers Guild had 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 rules, point-blank rules. If you create this amount or less barrels in a calendar year, you are technically a craft. If you yeah. are not, you are not a craft. Yeah. Beer, you know, and... How distribution fits into that, I think, again, is much more state-by-state state than national. Right. But there's got to be something to do with that there. Yeah. No, absolutely. All right. So we're moving on to our next one. This is actually, I believe, one of their top five ranked beers, according to Beer Advocate. Um, so the next one we're going to drink is Mistress of Wigs. Um, again, a double IPA. I told you it was going to be a fun night. This does come in a tall boy, 8.5%. So glad we're, <laughs> glad we're splitting it tonight. Um, so interesting beer, right? Uh, a top, I think it's a top five ranked beer. So I'm really excited to kind of see, uh, how this one Great uh, goes. Again, very different. I mean, what do you what do you it, see in here? I, I, it almost looks you're a video like, game guy. It almost uh, looks like a hieroglyphic meets uh, meets a cartoon. Show. What do I they don't call know. that uh, Japanese cartoons? What is that uh, stuff called? Where they uh, anime? Anime. Yeah, Doesn't the character on like the front looks like it, but I mean, just the, the border there. It looks like a bunch of like it looks like I see a socket there <laughs> and a ratchet. I have no idea what's going on. Very interesting can design. Brown, kind of dark gears and, and and I'm getting very kind of like nutty walnut cashew smells off of this. Do you smell so, it? No. Not, not 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 it doesn't jump out at you. But there's oh, yeah. something yeah, like, like a, a very nutty nutty almond. like a mixed yeah, nut uh, right? Like roasted almost. Roasted like. nuts. Give it a taste. Wow. That's different. There's no sweet to that whatsoever. That is um, oh, that's, 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 
It's like drink. It's like drinking on the backside. A, um, on the front, it's kind of like uh, so. Costco makes this mixed super nut or power you see, nut. You see uh, the inside of that. That's not kind of, That's not. That, that's chunkies. We got a yeah. bunch of floaties in this guy. It's got too. some floaties. Which I don't right. mind. I don't no, mind floaties floaty. are fine. Um, but it's got like a uh, kind of like a super power mixed nut uh, butter yeah, flavor to it's, it. It's got a savory butteriness to it. But it also, like, again, when you take your next sip, taste the, the back side of it, you get that Belgian y kind of finish. Okay. You get that, yeah. that Belgian y. Yep, I get that. And, and there's a sweetness to that finish. So, all right, I want you to take a step back and think, this is an 8.5% double IPA that doesn't bite you, right? Like, if you think about some other double IPAs that yeah, got Yeah, but what that. about it is it that it bites you? It's not the alcohol. It's no. the hops. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's that dank, yeah. sharp, yeah. bittery yeah. smack. But this is not piney or resiny. This it's, is closer um, to a Belgian-y tasting beer to me than it is a double IPA. This is very, very interesting. This is very different. This is very different. Um, Have you ever had a, a Dogfish 120? Yes. Okay. okay. I was is there at, any? Is there so, any hops in that? No, none, not at all. None. It's like drinking uh, liqueur. Yeah. It's like drinking after uh, after dinner liqueur. So funny. Uh, family on vacation in Bethany. Uh, we do the brewery. We do the tour. We're the absolute last people to get in. I don't think they wanted me and my kids to uh, to get in. <laughs> and you get, I think, like three tasters, you know, to kick off the tour. And I got the 120. And I was like, this is not beer. This is liqueur. It was well, uh, so it's, interesting. It's still carbonated, but it's there is a sweetness to it because it's so boozy. I mean, that's like an 18%. Yeah. I mean, it certainly is... When you when you order a 120... I went to a tap takeover once. Okay. There was a dogfish tap takeover in Massachusetts, and they had 120 on tap. Mm-hmm. And when you get 120 on tap, you get it in a four-ounce Yeah, you get, Yes, you get a snifter. Because it's, it's 18%. Yeah, it's 18%. You're, you're ordering a scotch. Yeah, I mean, what's going on? You know? Yeah. Um, but it's definitely got this. Uh, the sweetness is is definitely a little pineapple-y. Yep. That that flavor is definitely uh, nutty and and almost like oats and bready. Yeah. It's very bready. Oh yeah, bready. Bready. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's, one. I like that. Uh, how I'll I'll say that. Um, but I, it it reminds me in a sense a little bit of the one twenty where there's not any of that hoppy dank stuff. It's yeah. much more of a. I mean, you have some hops, but... Very, very light on the hops. So we need to get into this, which I, I find this very interesting. When I drank uh, Birth of Liquid uh, Desire, I did not notice it as much in The Flower Thief. Definitely coming out here in Mistress of Wigs. So um, everyone needs to know about this, about the brewery, that they are very big into um, uh, browns, right? Uh, liquors. Um, scotches, um, and which is and news fact, to me. I, I they have six hundred and fifty whiskeys and scotches and bourbons with rare bottles um, available and kind of like tasters. They're at the brewery that they make. Yes, 
It's 600. theirs. 650. That's they have all different reason. types that they've created and that they've let mature. Um, now, you know. Are they in the barrels? Or does it they're do, in do, like bottles yeah, that you yeah, can go yeah. there, you can taste. So I just wonder, you know, a founder can influence the beer and what's drinking the flavor, et cetera. Um, I have I found with Bertha Luger Desire and also Mission of Wigs that's got kind of that like um, more alcoholy not alcoholy in a bad like a uh, a burning way but kind of in that sweeter sweet kind of like, uh, like yeasty yeasty yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right don't you kind of feel that Absolutely. throughout the beer you know what's funny is I, I I don't know I don't know if I don't think it was New Holland it was it might have been New Holland but. There was Dragon. Forgive me, I'm gonna think of it. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was New Holland. They had a stout that was aged in whiskey barrels. Okay. Bourbon barrels, button in the middle. And they then created a beer, or a, I'm sorry, a bourbon that was aged in beer barrels. They flipped, they flipped it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they released their stout that was a bourbon barrel aged stout. Yeah. And then they released a beer barrel, beer barrel bourbon. Bourbon. And I, I tried both Did you of try them. it? Yeah. And it was incredible. It yeah. Was, I mean, incredible in the novelty aspect. Not in the, in the regular Did the like, bourbon aged in beer barrels taste it, different? It was essentially, they, they, they did the exact reverse. So they took an imperial stout, they aged it in whiskey barrels. Mm-hmm. So now your stout has that full chocolate, kind of whis- smoky, yeah. Yeah. whiskey kind of flavor yeah. to it. Then they take their bourbon and they put it in imperial stout barrels. Right. So now your bourbon is almost a relaxed bourbon because it's got that... I'm going to look it up as we're speaking here because it's going to make me crazy if I don't think of the uh, brewery that did it. But it had this relaxed edge off almost like a like like when you take a bourbon barrel stout or a real good uh imperial stout and you put a couple of years on it right the alcohol burn kind of burns off and wears off as it ages and it gets smoother this whiskey did the same thing and it and it brought these you know from that from that beer barrel it brought that I don't know, that softness. Softness to it. That's the best way I can, I can describe so it. So it's funny. So, I mean, we talked a lot about Relic. Relic being kind of grounded in small batch IPAs, double IPAs. They've got this weird tilt towards scotch and whiskey, etc. cetera. Um, but they are trying to, you know, put out other things that are attractive to other people. Um, Death of Venus, an imperial stout that they put out, which is an 8.5. Kind of really looking forward to uh, to tasting that. They have a Spectral Beast, um, which is a porter, 10% dark chocolate, kind of smooth. Um, so they are trying to kind of branch out and move into other things. Is that the Beer Barrel mm-hmm. Bourbon? Wow, and that's it is, really it is interesting. New Holland and it's Beer Barrel Bourbon is first aged in New American Oak Barrels before finishing in Dragon's Milk Stout Barrels. So the Beer Barrel lends its biscuity notes with a smooth malt character and robust whiskey tones, but you're getting that toffee and that caramel and those the softer side of 
the milk stout. That's interesting. Like, that, that is now rubbing off onto the bourbon. I just thought it was a really cool move. Because yeah. Because you have plenty of bourbon barrel To kind of flip know, it. Beers. Yeah. And now you're flipping it around. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's really interesting. Not to take the attention off of Relic. No. Our guest tonight. No, of course not. No, we never want to do that. Uh, I will say this, that out of the three we've tried so far, yeah. um, as much as I appreciate it, the Mistress of the Wigs is definitely my, less, my, my least favorite out of what we tried. It's different. It's it just is, different. It is. I, and, you know, when I look at a beer, I look at it like, is there a, what venue am I going to drink this in? Yeah. Okay, the first two, I feel like I could just drink. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Mistress of the Wigs, this, this is, here's, a, here's an example to me of a double IPA. Yeah. That holds up all winter long. Yeah. With those stouts. Yeah. You could shovel the driveway of snow and then yeah. come in and have a mistress of wigs and yeah. put the whole thing back and be like, I want another one because it's freezing out. Yeah. You know, like it's a, it's a very full beer. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I'm happy I'm splitting this one. Yeah. Because I think even in a 12-ounce can, that's a big beer to be drinking when it's 85 degrees outside. It is. Uh, I, I would have to agree with you. I think that Birth of Liquid Desire is, uh, that is a great beer. I'm happy the order you're picking because I'm looking yeah. forward to our next one. Yes. I don't want to... No spoilers here for No spoilers. Crowd, no spoilers. But the next one you have is definitely... I've had that before. And you've had it before, right? And it is delicious. Would you consider it one of your top relic beers? Hands down. Yeah. I will say that the Correspondent, which is a relic beer that looks very much like... Uh, their label art is like... The movie, the movie that just came out that, that was up for an, uh, an award last year, the um, Vice, was the one about Dick Cheney. Okay. That Christian Bale played Dick Cheney during the whole, like... I... Yeah, I... <laughs> all I know is that the cover art of The Correspondent was very much like that. It had a It had, like, a, it was a black and yellow label, had a Dick Tracy feel to it. Yeah. Like, old style. Yeah. Uh, and that one's great, and and Leaf Storm's great, but but our next one, our next one's up there. All right, well let's uh, let's get to it, man. You're uh, you're leaving everyone hanging. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about where you found it the first time, where you drank it? Do you remember? Picked it up randomly <clears throat> at uh, at Bevmax mm-hmm. here in Danbury. Uh, not here in Danbury, but in Danbury. Yep. Um, just it was a, a single four-pack you took a you took I, I grabbed a single on? of it. I okay. grabbed a single of it. Let's check it out. Let's try it. And uh, and and it was great. I mean, it's as simple as that. I just picked it up, give it a shot, and I was very, very happy with it. All right, so what do we have here? We have a funeral song. Um, so it's got a very uh, kind of, you know, uh, what is this? Uh, Dia de los Muertos. Day of the Dead feel the, <clears throat> going on absolutely. here. Absolutely. Anyone has seen the TV show? What's the TV show from Disney or Pixar that came out all about? Nope, nope, striking out here. Okay. Not going to go there. Keep going. Keep going. Um, I feel like we're on a $100,000 pyramid. Come God, on, give me some more clues. God, it's going to come to me. <laughs> Funeral song. Anyway, double IPA. So another double. It's been a strong night of doubles uh, that we're drinking. That's the correspondent. Yeah, the oh, correspondent. yeah. Dick Tracy. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. very, very much that feel. All right, so funeral song, double IPA, another eight percenter in the pint. Good thing we're um, we are splitting it here, uh, and this was another one that uh, is highly ranked on uh, on Beer Advocate. So uh, Drew is in good company here. A lot of people are drinking this. 
uh, and looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, I came across it by, ch- I mean, complete chance, let's check it out, let's try it, and I got it, and I was like, this is a great beer. Uh, as, uh, like I said, I mean, if there's a theme about this, most of the ones we've tried, there isn't a bad beer we've drank so far. There isn't, no. <clears throat> and, and, and again, that just goes to the case, I mean, they're putting out 136 beers that are ranked right now, they're one of 90 breweries, you can find some phenomenal beer here in Connecticut, and that's what we're here to help you discover. So let's give this I think one a crack. Is, yeah, I think it is funny how coming off of a Kent Falls week, yeah, the the particular flavors that are unique to Kent Falls yeah. are that much stronger when you taste something else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So unique. And that's the beautiful thing about these breweries is discovering kind of their unique flavors and riffs that run through each one of these beers. I ended up having, you, you left the awkward hug at my house. Okay. That was the one that was is left that over the, that that's we didn't the single? get to. Okay. The single. We did, what did the you doubly think? awkward. I was my, it was between that and PEMDAS were my favorite. I thought it was great. Interesting. PEMDAS and that, I thought it was delicious. I liked it far better than the doubly awkward. Hug. Now, do, have you had All Alone yet? No. Any version of it. All right. So if that comes back around, we definitely have to get that one for Kent. Yeah. All right. So uh, we also we got, need to get Matt, our part-time yes, third host, part-time to, third to start host. drinking some other... Good yeah. shelf beers. Where the fuck is he? That's uh, that's the question that he's we have got a newborn. Today. He's got a newborn. We can give him, we can give him... The newborn's three months old. Come on. He's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. We're gonna we're I'm gonna. Try, I'm trying, Matt. Try now. We're gonna give him a hard time. All right. Let's give Funeral Song a, a sniff here. Oh yeah, that's you're getting lime. Woo! You're getting hard citrus. What there. is going on there? Oh, I'm excited. So already. you're talking about lime and hard citrus. I'm thinking margaritas. Dia de los Muertos. Has, dude, it also has a little bit of a, like a, you know, wacky tobacco smell it's, to this it. Kind of, that, you're, you, you hit the nail. <laughs> All right, I want to take I'm a pause. Little Before little... I take a sip here, I want to say that I, I believe, uh, I'm, I'm not giving uh, legal advice here, that uh, pot has been decriminalized in New York City. All I can say is the last few times I've been there, there are people openly smoking joints, and um, I'm pretty sure I could get high just walking down the streets. It's unbelievable. So so take your sip, and while you're taking your sip, listen, because this is... Yeah. I have a family member who shall remain nameless. Sure. Who uh, visited California recently. Okay. Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Out of Petaluma. Great brewery. Southern California. Yep. Right? Right? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll yeah, go with that. I'm pretty sure it's Southern yeah. California. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, either way, it's Petaluma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they now have a THC okay. and a CBD infused Fused. beer. Get out. 100% true. Can we do a show on that? Not legally. Really? Well, I can't. If we go to California, can we do a show on that? Uh-huh. All right. But, so, but we're going to have to stay there for a month before <laughs> Drew comes back <laughs> to the East true, Coast. Drew, Drew, Drew needs to keep it on yeah. the uh, well, on yeah. the straight and narrow here. We need to keep here. it quiet here. But, All right. <clears throat> yes. That, that's phenomenal. All right. So funeral song. I took a sip of it. Go ahead. I, give I me your thoughts. I think. I want you to taste it. And, uh, you've never had it. I'm... That's a great... Wow. That's a great beer. That's um that's really interesting. It reminds me of something that I can't remember. Oh. It reminds me of something that I Does it kind of taste like a nod? It, it it I will say this. I I don't know that I can match it up to a particular beer, but I can tell you the things I love about this beer are 
It's got a great balance of the old school foundation of IPAs and WF IPAs with that pininess. Yeah. But the pininess is is not balanced with resin. It's balanced. It, it finishes with a with a sweet floral hop as well. They 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 put this beer together with a combination of hops that have made it taste very one way in the beginning and it kind of morphs a little bit it's delicious do we know what hops they're using here this is really interesting so i feel so nod again our hometown you can talk about nod whenever you want home base um uh brewery so i'm always going to kind of go back to them um they're out of the Belgian tradition, right? Which I have no idea what that means. Ace of Wands, But Trappist, I can tell Trappist. you that Trappist kind of flavor runs through their beers. I can tell you I'm picking up on that here. Uh, Ace of Wands, I would, conti- I would consider my table beer, right? I'm having dinner with the family on Goes a Tuesday night, I can pour a glass. You could drink. You could drink while you're grilling, and you it goes drink, yeah. with anything, yeah. right? So it's a good table beer. I can tell you, this is coming through uh, funeral song, but funeral song has a stronger, kind of more powerful flavor. It lets you know you're drinking it. a beer. Oh yeah, yeah. this is it's, like this is legit, but, but not in an over the top way. No, not an over the like, top the, way. The thing I like about this beer is it's got you know. Now, granted, it's another eight percent, so it's another one of those percent. ones. Where I this is a dangerous beer to me because this is a kind of beer where there's no after funk, there's no, no. palate fatigue on the no. backside. You can keep drinking this. Yeah, that's the thing about it, and it doesn't get like there's certain beers that are that are, you know, when you when you go out to dinner at a really nice place and you like a place that'll have a tasting menu, you have little portions because they're so decadent. And they're delicious, but if you have too much of them, it's like, okay, you use too much butter. Yeah. It's delicious, but yeah. now it's too much. Yeah. This has that that same sort of feel in the beginning, but yeah. it finishes in such a way where it makes me want to take another sip. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that good. Really enjoy this one. So, what's interesting about tasting now, what are we at, uh, four different beers, is that the difference, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you went from something that was fluffy and airy in the birth of a liquid desire. Mm-hmm. And then you moved to Flower Thief, which was a little bit more traditional, but kind of had that springy kind of summer flavor to it. You moved to a Mistress of Wings, which kind of had a nutty, uh, kind of like deeper, earthy tones to it. And you're moving to this, which, you know, it reminds me of a Trappist kind of inspired uh, flavor to it. It's just crazy. Yeah. Now, I'm getting a lot of lime. I said that, and I'm still tasting the lime. Yeah. And I just looked it up, and it is a... The base hop that is the most predominant hop in this beer is the citra hop. Yeah, yeah. And you really get that. Yeah, you get that. The citra is that grapefruity lime, but this has much more... I'm getting a strong lime out of it. It's it's great, though. So so Mark Siegman talks about brewing and being adventurous, Mm -hmm. right? And I think... I mean, we've drank four beers here. They're all different. Yeah. You know, I'm not picking and up And great one. in their own right. Yeah. And it's the thing that's cool about it is um, it almost it almost leads you to the, to the conclusion that the consistency within Relic is that, hey, we've got a bunch of different kind of beers. They all are unique in their own way, but, but that in and of itself is a consistency. Like, you're yeah. going to come to us, you can try a couple different beers, you can stick with one, 
you're going to get something different each time, but it's yeah. it's going to be good different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that's what they've done. Um, it's uh, it's fascinating. I love it. I love it. This is my... Uh, is that your favorite? Out of all of them that I've tried so far, this this definitely, you know, right, right at the top of it. I'm going to go with uh, Birth of Liquid Desire. I think that's a real... Um, that's a great beer. Um, that that that's probably my favorite of the relic group, but I am looking forward to some of those great beers that we haven't. I'm I'm looking forward to tasting Leaf Storm. I'm looking forward to tasting. They're coming out with a new IPA this summer. I'm looking forward to get my hands on that one. You got to try um, the correspondent. Another correspondent. Great beer, yeah. I'm but let's look. let's just let's let's just say this for a second here. We've you've now tasted four relics. Yeah. You've never had a relic before. Never. At this point going forward, yeah. has Relic propelled itself into your, that's a safe bet if I can't find what I'm looking for? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also going to see a Relic, and I'm like, I'm going to want to try it. Yeah, if I'm it's, a, if it's one you haven't tried, you're, you're going to jump on so it. They are so different. Mm-hmm. That's the amazing thing to me, mm-hmm. that uh, I want to go out and I want to try them. Um, it's beautiful. Um, they're also coming out. I think they have another popular one they have, which I don't think we would gravitate towards a raspberry gose. Um, we need to do an episode on the gose Berliner Weiss sours. Yeah. And it might be a hard one for me to get through. Sure. Me, uh, <laughs> I, I think, well. I think it's certainly going to be one where, where we might have... That, that bucket that you see at wineries that you spit the beer into when you're done because I, I don't know how much of it I can take but I think I think it's it's big we enough in it. this market that we should give it a little attention yeah. just to kind of give it a, a, a review yeah. from the point of view of the Mad Hoppers. I agree. I agree. Um, it's funny that you mentioned kind of the, uh, the wine reference there because I feel like beer is becoming a lot like that, right? Like... Whereas before you kind of had, you know, you had your Goose Islands and you had your Lagunitas and you went out and you kind of drank the beers and it was great. But wine had so many different varieties from countries and grapes and years. And and I feel like beer's becoming like that, right? Yeah. Like you don't, you don't have years and batches, but there are varieties and breweries and strands and, and the different hops that are included in them and... I've had, I'm chasing those down. I've had conversations because my 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 own mom will will listen to me talk about beer and she'll just laugh. Yeah. And then I'll you know of course I'll be like what, and she'll be like no it's just it's funny that like my mom's not a beer drinker. Yeah. My mom will will, <laughs> she will drink two Corona lights. Yeah. A year. Yeah. And she's like I drink them in the summertime. She's like I'm and done. I'm having a hot dog which yeah. I never eat. <laughs> You know, that's like her, her, her setup for having a beer. So to then hear me talk about beers the way I do, right. and my stepfather's always like, I want to learn, and he wants to taste them, and, and my father-in-law is the same way. But she, she has made the comment time and time again where she's like, you talk about it the way people talk about wine. wine. And I'm like, but, but there's, there's some truth to that, you know. Um, just like you would said with the Ace of Wands is your table beer. That's a very generic beer in that you could have that with a bowl of pasta. You could yeah. have that with a burger. You could right. have it with a steak. If you were having seafood, you yeah. could have that. Yeah. And I have found more times than not there are styles of beer that I will gravitate. You know, if I know I'm making something in particular, we're having sushi, you know, whatever it is. 
if we're if we're doing something, it's like I know that beer is going to go good with that. Yeah. You know, um, and and beer has certainly become that. But the recipes, the creative side of the cre uh, of making the beer, and the effort that goes into making tastes happen and smells happen at certain yeah. points, lends itself very much to be paired. Yeah. You know. Um, that's awesome. one of the greatest things about beer at this yeah. point, and and why it's fun to try new ones. Yeah, I mean, if you have a great stout or a great bourbon barrel stout with a really good piece of chocolate, you're like, shit, this is good. Like it, it, it they they go hand in hand. You know, I mean, having a bourbon and a piece of dark chocolate for for a dessert, or okay, look at look at the cigar smokers who want to have a scotch and a cigar. Right. You see a lot of them Pairing these days. Them having an imperial stout and a cigar yeah or you know they they're very very parable yeah so the question is where do we go from here i think we we pick another brewery i like the connecticut theme i, I there's so many good Dude, beers that's... in this state i think uh what's a what's the next brewery we should uh we should attack I think it'll be great if people emailed suggestions. Yes, we, we however, want your suggestions. However, until we see that, because, yeah. you know, it's going to happen, folks. It, it, Whether it will. Whether you want it or not, you're going to get involved. Yes, you are. I, uh, I'm trying to think of one that I want to go down, and, and I'm thinking that a good one to go down might be we have two roads. We, yeah. could, always do, we could do, like, a big... Big Juicy, Will Juicy, yep. or whatever. Uh, we could, we could do a Nod Hill. We've never done a Nod Hill. We haven't done Nod. I think Nod. That, we love you. We know yes, you're out there. You. you gave us a follow on Instagram. Um, you're always in our I corner. Think, I think that's the next one. Do you want to do Nod next? I think we should. I think we should. And here's the thing about Nod that that we need. To, and and we have two weeks to prepare. We right? do because we're not going to do this till mid July. Either that, or we do our special Vermont episode next. Yeah, because you'll be back. I am going we'll fresh. Vermont. I am. I am taking Mad Hopper up to Vermont. Yep. On July fourth this year, taking a road trip. and I'm going to bring back a bunch of goodies for the podcast. I think that's our next our right. next show. Let's I think talk about Vermont goodies. A Vermont special, and next we're week. gonna we're gonna prepare for a uh, for a Nod Hill. And our and our our intention with the Vermont is. We're not bringing back the heady toppers and the magic hats. No, we're not. We're going to bring back some Vermonts that people around everywhere else but Vermont aren't familiar with. Yes. That's going to be the goal. So yeah. that's, that's I think, what, what everyone has to stay tuned for. All right. So stay tuned. We're going to do a little sneak uh, a preview of what's happening up in Vermont. And uh, we look forward to catching up uh, with all of you in two pay, weeks. Pay attention to the Instagram. Mad Hopper Instagram will be with me up in Vermont. Yep. We'll be drinking and, and having a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be in touch soon, guys. Signing yep. off. Take care.